Welcome to the Mr. Blue Sky Podcast. Phil back here talking all things Sky Blue FC and only Sky Blue FC. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Mr. Blue Sky Podcast now on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Or, of course, you can follow the podcast still on SoundCloud. So happy that we were able to get the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. It's now so much more accessible for everyone to get to and of course, to have right on their phones to listen to as they're traveling to the game this uh, Saturday at 6 o'clock over at Yersack Field. Maybe listen to it while tailgating or anything similar to that. So thank you once again to uh, those that made it possible, and thank you f- uh, for subscribing to it, and I look forward to bringing a lot better content uh, than last week. Uh, last week, I will admit that I did mess up a couple things, but uh, it's all right. It's episode one, so... We're back here, episode two, getting things going with more of the same. And by that, I don't mean me talking about the podcast itself. I'm talking about more of the same of Sky Blue getting overrun in the midfield, getting pinned in their own defensive third, and losing. And that's exactly what we saw in Washington. Now, for Sky Blue, things started out very good. Uh, Two minutes in... uh, Julie James had a wonderful chance off a Dami Richardson corner kick uh, that was saved by Bledsoe, who was fantastic as usual for for uh, Washington. Um, going forward into the 11th minute, uh, Carly Lloyd actually had a uh, good chance on a uh, beautiful ball from uh, Kawasumi while she was playing in the false nine role. Um, so that one hit the crossbar. 13th minute, Sky Blue FC had to scare their own as Washington put the ball in the back of the net, but it was flagged offside. Uh, it was a little bit of uh, foreshadowing of things to come later on in the game. Throughout the game, though, like even before any of the scoring happened, because that was all second-half stuff, uh, Washington backline was holding on Sky Blue very, very physically, um, but also in a clean manner. So... They didn't really have too many good chances. Imani Dorsey was shut down. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez shut down. And Carly Lloyd was kind of shut down, but at the same time she also shut herself down to an extent, uh, playing balls to no one, turning the ball over easily, and overall not very good on the day. Now, I do want to say one thing. Throughout this game, there's one person who definitely uh, impressed me, and that's Naho Kawasumi. She was absolutely fantastic with her uh, role as a playmaker, doing great stuff on the wing for Sky Blue FC, and I think over the course of the season, she is going to make a lot of noise for this team going forward. Outside of that, even even as like a cohesive unit, uh, defensively speaking, uh, the midfield was awful. I'm sorry, it was awful, okay? I know that Denise Reddy tries to play a style where the midfield kind of pressures the team and tries to stifle them out, out of an attack, but obviously that did not happen this past weekend. Sarah Killian struggled quite a bit. Lloyd, I mentioned she struggled a bit. Kawasumi 
was great offensively. Defensively, not so much. On the whole, they were not good as a midfield unit. We'll hold off on moving forward for a moment. I want to talk about uh, Caprice Tedasco uh, for a second. Uh, great, first of all, showing already great dividends uh, from the trade during the offseason for that third overall pick that went to Washington. Uh, she was fantastic defensively. Uh, and not only that, but she was just a good presence going up and down the right wing. Very much like what we saw from Kelly O'Hara. Not necessarily as good as O'Hara does it, but still a very similar role to what Kelly O'Hara had or did in her time as a member of the Jersey Club. So I'm excited to see a little bit more of that, playing a right-back role and pushing up and, and pressing quite a bit more. 30th minute, we'll move, we're going to move forward. Uh, Tegan McGrady had a great play, I should say. Uh, she basically saved the game for Washington, a 30th minute uh, goal line clearance that held Sky Blue scoreless. Uh, moving forward, 58th minute, uh, set piece that cost Sky Blue. It's a corner kick. Uh, Sheridan punched the ball up in the air, which she tends to do a lot. She, especially even if the ball is coming inside the six-yard box. As a goalkeeper, what you should be doing is you should be grabbing onto the ball and holding onto it. But instead, Sheridan makes up for what she lacks in a height advantage by extending her arms up and punching the ball. It never left the penalty area. Uh, Kawasumi was unable to clear it. Uh, The ball fell to uh, Sam Staub, and she slotted it home, 1-0 Washington. Uh, Later on, more of the same. Sky Blue still pinned in their own zone. And then we're in stoppage time, and Mackenzie Meehan had the ball around the midfield. She was moving it forward. Tried a through ball, but ended up turning it over. Johnson uh, committed a foul during the uh, counterattack for Washington. And then Washington moved quickly, pushing the ball all the way up forward. Uh, Mallory Pugh got on the end of that. Perfect service to Megan Crossan. Header and game over. 2-0. In total, a couple of statistics for you. Shots were 15-8 to in favor of Washington. 5-2 in favor of Washington for shots on target. Sky Blue was outpossessed 60% to 40. And this is a pretty alarming stat right here. Washington completed over 200 more passes in total than Sky Blue FC. 200 passes more than Sky Blue FC. And, like, generally speaking, like, you'll see hundreds and hundreds of passes for each team. But to complete 200 more passes than your opponent is pretty impressive. All credit in the world to Washington. They were fantastic with building their attack. And when you have that kind of possession that they did, uh, 60% of the time specifically, you're going to be able to complete more passes like that. So, all credit in the world to Washington. An interesting stat here, uh, Sky Blue FC completed just 74% of the passes they attempted, which isn't awful. It's not awful. Uh, it's not great, but it's not awful. So, obviously, there's still quite a bit of promise there. I think a lot of the passes that didn't connect were just through ball passes trying to get it on goal and so uh, Sky Blue had their chances they didn't fully continue them for lack of a better term and uh, get an opportunity to finish Um, but again this is a very similar theme to what I saw last year poor midfield play backline left out to dry uh, Sheridan left out to dry Sky Blue pinned in their defensive third Uh, Forwards left on an island, and they lose. Now, here's the question. Is this indicative on the roster moves that Tony Novo made? 
or is it indicative of the tactics of Denise Reddy or possibly that the players are not necessarily buying into Denise Reddy's system? I know it's only week one, but again, there's really not that much roster turnover this year compared to last year. Obviously, McCaskill's out for injury, so that doesn't hurt. Uh, she got, I believe she got hurt during the uh, W League season and hasn't come back yet. Uh, obviously, was out for the She Believes Cup. So, it uh, it's tough because it's still an alarming trend in comparison to what happened last year. So, do I personally, do I forget that last year happened? I mean, I want to forget it happened anyway. We only won a game, one game, specific, one game. So I try to forget it, but like just seeing the way Sky Blue played last week, it makes me remember it just like that. Just like a snap of a finger, I can remember it. And it, it's not good. So obviously last year that style of play was not successful, because especially if you're pinned in your own third. You're not going to ha- have that many offensive chances. And if you can't convert on them when you're pinned, you're not going to be successful at all. So it's, it's going to be tough. Now, next week coming up, you have the Houston Dash. They play to a 1-1 draw at home against Rain FC. Rain FC, a very good club. Uh, they had a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily turbulence in the offseason, but they but they did have a uh, roster shakeup trading uh, Kawasumi for Shea Groom with Sky Blue FC. Uh, Rain FC, still a very good team. Uh, even with Jess Fishlock and Megan Rapino out for the first match, uh, for said it on uh, Sounder at Heart that this was the first Rain FC opener where Fishlock was not in the starting 11. So even without those two offensive weapons, Rain FC still played very well. I I know, I'm, I'm very much tempted to refer to the team as uh, Seattle still. Uh, but Rain FC still played very well. Uh, Christine Nairn was very good during that game. Uh, a lot of back and forth action between the two uh, clubs during that game ended in a 1-1 draw after a, a late penalty save from uh, Jane Campbell. Uh, both teams had very good chances, and one thing I want to point out from that game specifically is that early on in the game, uh, Houston took a uh, 1-0 lead in the 10th minute with a goal from Nichelle Prince, uh, and that was off of a bad, bad Rain FC turnover. Uh, so. Houston looks like, early on, they look like they're a team that will punish you for your mistakes. Um, So, obviously, if you're pinned in your own half, you can't be making any mistakes. And personally, I don't think that, uh, outside of the set pieces, uh, Sky Blue made any mistakes in their game against Washington. Uh, I mentioned that their back line was very good, although they were held out to dry. Um, So... It's just a matter of the midfield uh, playing to their capabilities. Uh, So, at the same time, um, as we saw, Jane Campbell was the one who committed the foul, or committed the penalty foul specifically, to uh, warrant that and made up for her own mistake uh, off of a very bad back pass and very bad handling of the said back pass in the 93rd minute. So... They're also a team that, although they'll make you pay for or, uh, their mistakes, uh, if, you, if you can pressure them the way that Rain FC was uh, pressuring them late in the game, uh, they will make mistakes. And there's definitely 
an opportunity for Sky Blue to break through that way. Uh, as for the game itself, uh, Houston's completed only 68% of their passes with 298 passes completed. Uh, they, they are very much a direct offense. Uh, 14 shots in total, 8 of them on target. I believe most of their passes during that game, I believe it was maybe about just over 47% of their passes during that game were forward. So they're a very direct team. Uh, also during that game, they had uh, 17 crosses attempted. Uh, so basically, if you let them set up shop in the attacking third, they'll take advantage of that, and they will pound any sort of attack towards the net. Um, and honestly, uh, Sky Blue FC has to be better in the midfield if they want to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, Carly Lloyd has to be better. Uh, Sarah Killian has to be better. She was fairly invisible during that game, unfortunately. Um, and speaking of Sarah Killian, I, I do want to get to this real quick. Um, interesting move by Denise Reddy, by the way, to, to uh, give Sarah Killian the armband full-time. We saw when Carly Lloyd last year was away from the team for national team duties or whatever uh, that Sarah Killian ended up with the armband for Sky Blue FC. Um, which is interesting because uh, Lloyd had it when she was with the team. Now this this year though, uh, game one, Killian had the armband while Carly Lloyd was on the field. An interesting decision to say the least and one I'm definitely in favor of because like I, I'm going to I'm going to be honest here. I am not the biggest Carly Lloyd fan. I do not like Carly Lloyd. Uh, she is, in my opinion, very selfish on the field and off the field. Um, and it, it showed during her time in Houston. It shows a little bit during her time here at Sky Blue FC, especially when she wasn't aware of all the issues that were going on off the field. Uh, she she mentioned that uh, it was brought to her attention very late, and she was like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know this was going on. So very unaware of what was going on with the team, uh, very much more of a me-first kind of person. So that being said, um, stripping her of the captaincy, I think, is a good move because Sarah Killian, uh, she showed that she can lead the team. Uh, she definitely str uh, struggled this year, or this uh, past game, I should say, and was fairly invisible. But other than that, I think she can definitely handle things for Sky Blue FC. One thing I do want to bring up, by the way, is that Sky Blue's schedule up ahead is going to be pretty daunting. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, say the least, to see how they handle it. Obviously, we mentioned they have Houston this weekend. Uh, next weekend, they'll be home against Portland for what's being called a World Cup send-off by the Sky Blue FC uh, front office um, since it's going to be the last time before the uh, World Cup camp that players are going to be at USAC Field at the least. Uh, that's April 28th. That's another 6 p.m. match as well as uh, this week's match. Um, after that, they have North Carolina Courage. Now this one's going to be interesting because obviously, and we're we're recording this on the same night. Uh, North Carolina just dominated, absolutely dominated the Orlando Pride five nothing. Um, and Orlando looks like a bit of a mess as well right now, um, especially with how they finished off last year. The firing of Tom Sermani. Um, 
I still don't think they have their you-know-what together. Um, but that being said, uh, North Carolina is still a very good team. So what the biggest question there is, are North Carolina's national team players going to still be there around May 4th? I'm going to say no. And here's why. So the women's national team, uh, their first game of the send-off series is May 12th. That's eight days after this game against North Carolina. Is that enough time for players to be called into a camp and to be prepared by Jill Ellis for the World Cup? It's not just any national, any regular national team game. The World Cup. Is that enough time? Or is Jill Ellis going to call the team in early? like she did last year, or excuse me, not last year, uh, last cycle, I should say, 2015. And we're not going to see the likes of, say, Jess McDonald, Carly Lloyd, uh, Kawasumi for Japan, um, although I haven't looked up exactly when uh, Japan's camp is going to be. But those kind of players, are we going to see them in North Carolina? And if we are, I'm sorry, Sky Blue is screwed. At this, at this rate, Sky Blue is screwed unless their midfield gets better than what we saw last week. And we're going to have a chance to see that this weekend against Houston because Houston is uh, not as good of a team as North Carolina for obvious reasons. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if this Washington team that we saw this past weekend is going to be consistent with their performance for the entire season. Um, and if they can show that they were a better team than they were last year. They finished 8th last year um, after a strong start, I will admit, uh, but they did not finish well at all, um, arguably being considered a team worse than Sky Blue uh, just based on how they played. Um, but obviously Sky Blue getting unlucky with a couple of results late in the season, uh, getting their last win of the season on, the, the, on game number 24, um, but Washington has clearly improved. Um, and I think as much as I don't like him, and as much as Spear fans have a right to not like him for obvious reasons, I think Richie Burke may be an improvement tactically. Now, that doesn't excuse what he did, what he allegedly did. Um, and if things are showing up that he indeed did that, um, then he needs to go because honestly that kind of stuff is bigger than just tactics on the field. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, hopefully for Washington they'll keep up their performance throughout the entire season this year. Um, with regards to Sky Blue FC, it'll be interesting to see how Houston approaches this match um, and how Houston looks this season, whether or not they're going to be better or worse than Washington. Um, I'm going to say that they're, I mean, it's hard to tell when you're watching from one week and you're comparing a game against Sky Blue to a game against Seattle Rain. Or excuse me, Rain FC. I keep I keep messing that up now. I, I'm probably going to end up saying Seattle all season, even though they don't play in Seattle anymore. They play in a, a not much nicer stadium in Tacoma where the Defiance play, formerly known as S2, the Seattle uh, Sounders uh USL Championship Club. Uh, so it's definitely an improvement over Memorial Field. Anyway, that said, um, it's very tough to judge 
after week one when you're comparing playing against Rain FC to playing against Sky Blue FC. So for Houston Dash coming into this game, obviously we know that Sky Blue can be beaten if you can control the midfield game. And Houston Dash have a pretty decent midfield, basically, from what I've seen, especially with Nairn at the D-mid role, uh, Sofia Huerta playing in her first full season in Houston after playing in Chicago for the longest time. Uh, Ojai uh, was, is going to be playing, or is expected to play, I should say, uh, although she did not practice on the day of recording. And, of course, Rachel Daly is going to cause problems for Sky Blue as well. Uh Christy Mewis didn't even see any action in the game against uh, Rain FC. I almost said it this time. <laughs> uh, she didn't get any action against Rain FC. Um, we'll see if she plays against Sky Blue FC. Um, and, of course, uh, Sophie Schmidt going the full 90. Uh, she had a shot on goal in that game against Rain FC. And Nichelle Prince obviously scoring the goal off the uh, bad Rain FC turnover. So, Houston, as I said at the top of the show, um, well, actually more towards the middle of the show, but as I said, they are a very good team in that they will make you take, uh, pay for your mistakes. Um, however, at the same time, they are also a team that is mistake-prone themselves. So, Sky Blue, if their midfield is clicking, then they can win this game they should win this game especially considering who's in that midfield uh, especially since uh, Kawasumi has been fantastic so far for Sky Blue uh, especially since we know what Carly Lloyd can be and what she should be we know what Raquel Rodriguez should be even though she's been struggling for a while uh, specifically under Denise Reddy um, we know what Amani Dorsey can be after she burst onto the scene last year so if Sky Blue's midfield can become cohesive for that one game, then they should win, in my opinion. Um, all credit in the world to Houston. I think they can win as well, because we know how low Sky Blue can be when they're not clicking in the midfield, and when the back line is basically held to dry or hung out to dry when Sheridan is hung out to dry. So we know all of those factors, um, but the key for this game is obviously in the midfield. It was in the midfield for the game for Washington, and it's going to be in the midfield again for this game against Houston. Um, and for that, I think that will do it. We're approaching uh, 24 minutes on the episode so far. I, I want to kind of keep these episodes short. I want it to be nice and informative, but I also don't want it to take two hours to uh, explain all this stuff. That can be explained in 25 minutes or so. So thank you once again for uh, listening. Uh, thank you, by the way, Jen Muller, for helping me out, figuring out when the national team players are going to get called up for camp. Nothing's definite. Nothing's definite. But I do believe that they will be unavailable for that March 4th game against North Carolina on the road, uh, especially considering what happened last, uh, last cycle with Jill Ellis. So thank you to her. Um, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to try and have a guest on the podcast in the upcoming weeks. Uh, keep your eyes out for that. Um, also, don't forget about the Mr. Blue Sky mailbag. Uh, we're going to try and get that going. You can send your questions, comments, concerns, insults for that matter. No, kidding. Uh, any sort of commentary, you can send that my way. 
uh, via email. It's mrbluskypod at gmail.com. That's mrbluskypod at gmail.com. You can also tweet at me. Uh, follow me on Twitter here, at mrbluskypod. And uh, that'll do it for this week. Thank you so much once again for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week on the Mr. Blue Sky Podcast. Take care. Mr. Blue Sky.